0: my podcast esteemed women it used to be called silence and then it became innovation and finally now women are more empowered than ever to use their voices to express what it's really like to strive and thrive in what often tends to feel like a very male-dominated world I'm sure it hasn't been easy but these women really have achieved and accomplished they truly are esteemed women who have chosen careers in science technology and innovation They're typically go-getters, alpha females, hardworking, and maybe even a little bit perfectionistic. But on the whole, they've applied their talents and their skills to really make a difference. That was certainly my own intention when working as a mechanical engineer. In these episodes, you'll get a chance to hear about some fascinating innovations, but you're also likely to be inspired and uplifted by the personal stories and experiences of my amazing guests. So let's hear it from my STEM sister, an incredibly esteemed woman, Dr. Samantha Strasser, a scientist and engineer. And honestly, those labels are an absolute understatement.
1: My name is Dr. Samantha Dale Strasser. I'm the chief science officer and co-founder of Pepper Bio and a scientist and engineer by training. Oh, really? What's your engineering? So that's an interesting question because it's several. I started out in biomedical engineering and applied mathematics, um, also have physics for a master's in the middle, and then my PhD is in electrical engineering and computer science.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Gosh, that is like all the things that girls are stereotypically, um, assumed not to enjoy.
1: (laughs) Math and finding order for me was always something that I always really enjoyed. And I think I was in a fortunate spot where I had had family that really encouraged me to pursue it. And, and I loved it ever since. And to me, it's bringing in biology is now my goal of bringing some order to the, in some ways, the mess that still is biology that we're trying to figure out how it works. So, wow.
2: Well, yeah, actually, let me like let that land for a bit, because maths, the reason why I ended up loving maths Mm-hmm. is because it is just so logical and yeah. so kind of orderly and you're right biology is like total chaos how I, how are you bringing them together
1: it's so for me the way that that i've seen it in in recent years is that there's finally enough data and information that we can actually measure biology that we can now start to use the the tool sets that we have in mathematics to now understand what's happening and to start to actually bring some complex models to the space because we have the data to draw from and start to tease out and and bring that order i full disclosure actually when i was in high school i completely avoided biology um as much as i could i focused on chemistry and math and physics and was like it's just too much unknowns in that space Mm -hmm. and eventually came to realize that was part of the beauty was that there was something there was space to bring new insights to in a really big way and it affected people at the end of the day so
2: so what does your work um involve like how are you making an impact through your area of stem
1: So big picture, the the impact that I see myself making is bringing treatments to complex diseases. So helping patients at the end of the day through new treatment opportunities. Um, The way that the work that I'm doing at Pepper and that I've really built in my career to to getting to this point today is doing that, is by leveraging that data that I referenced um, and computation to tease out new biological insights that can lead us to new treatments, um, and also characterize potential treatments, So drugs and the like to understand what they're doing, um, decide, is this a good treatment or a good drug or a good option? And so mathematics and data is a really kind of underpinning across both of those, what happens in disease and what does a drug do to allow kind of my goal at the end of the day would be if there's a, a treatment from insights that I've, I've contributed to that reaches a patient that I would see that as, as success. So.
2: Are you kind of like the step before artificial intelligence kicks in?
1: We leverage artificial intelligence. So it's still actually a hybrid of that. So it's it comes to you know a lot of the challenges in the field that we've seen are around what do we do now with this wealth of data that we have? And so one of the mathematical tool sets that is at our disposal today is artificial intelligence as a way to better understand data and information, especially when it's really complex. I think that's a really fascinating part about mathematics and and tool sets that we have today is they allow us to study and understand patterns that may not be innately visible to say just human inspection. And so for me, that's part of why I've loved the field, because it's a way of of leveraging a tool set to see something that may be By our own mind, non obvious, but by using computation and artificial intelligence, we can tease out new patterns that can lead to new insights.
2: You know, what's so fascinating about you is this idea that you have um, studied maths and physics, Mm -hmm. but also engineering, because throughout my career, I have noticed a real kind of tension between physicists and engineers. Um have you experienced that tension and how have you kind of uh resolved
1: it Um so I have a lot of friends who are physicists full disclosure we're still friends the tension hasn't hasn't affected that <laughs> um, but no i think what i've seen in my own study and own research there's i've almost seen it more as a as a balance in some ways and i would say tension in that physics and math is um you know very focused on how do we get a new process to do something really effectively um and as you kind of trend towards more on experimental side it it looks at kind of further questions on application at times i think it's it's a it's it's a gradient though right i think there's different areas that people end up studying i myself never fell on the more theoretical side of, of physics or of mathematics i was more kind of shifted towards application Um, I have plenty of friends on the theoretical side, and I think we just, we ask different questions, and they're all really important questions, Um, and it's a matter of what, at the end of the day, you want to accomplish, so.
2: I love this idea that physicists and engineers can just get along, because there's (laughs) so much fruitfulness in that happening.
1: Oh, we all need each other. I think that's the fun thing to see, too, is there's, um, and I think that's, you know, across the board and in a lot of fields, right, there is that tension, but that's part of how we get new insights as well. So I think that's, you know, I I revel in it when it happens and try to keep positive, positive perspective on it. So.
2: So the whole world of data and health Mm -hmm. and medicine is just so vast, like there's just so much to discover. And, you know, just when you thought that you've discovered something you know something else pops up it's a bit like viruses they're constantly mutating and outsmarting us um, is there like a section of health and medicine that you really laser focus
1: on So the focus that I've taken right now has been focused on how how do we leverage the right data to understand um, complex diseases and I'll kind of funnel that into into a focus so um big picture, there's obviously a, a lot of diseases where there's really complex signaling that we don't understand how that works. And so historically, over the last 20 years, the genome has been this phenomenal focus, right? great, amazing piece of information that is in the humanity that we can now study and measure. But it's the starting point. It's the instruction set of what can happen. And so my work has focused on essentially how do we better understand the carrying out of that instruction set? So looking at data biologically, that's at molecular actors that are beyond the genome. So looking at proteins, molecular actors that are that genes tell you how to create a protein. So a protein is what actually carries out biological function. This protein can also further be modified by adding little molecular switches that change what they do. So they can do multiple different things. And so my work where I've really honed in on is how do we best study this functional end of biological signaling and integrate that with our understanding of data sets such as the genome. And the reason that that ends up bringing us new insights biologically is a lot of diseases such as cancer and neurodegenerative diseases. We've already seen the implications of these kind of functional switches playing a role, but we don't quite know exactly how to tease out the implications of that. And so right now, the work that I'm doing is focusing on how to best understand this more functional data of biology and apply that to complex disease such as oncology, um, neurodegenerative diseases, and also inflammatory. Um, It it sounds like a big space, and we've at Pepper actually narrowed this to really focusing in on our own drug pipeline within oncology to have our, our starting point of where we can bring um, the technology that we're building to to reach patients and to find new insights, um, but it's this really functional understanding that brings a lot of new context to how we understand disease. Wow, that's just so badass!
2: Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank
1: you. Yes,
2: <laughs> you know, and and to hear you describe it so so articulately, um, you know, it's 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 really magnificent and inspiring to hear you talk about your work um there's often like a kind of distance between people who are in stem and kind of just the regular human being you know and do you ever find yourself um in that halfway house between being this badass engineer mathematician physicist um biologist and just being a regular human who cares about their health and has loved ones that maybe have compromised health like do you ever have that kind of um dual kind of existential reflection
1: yeah it's an i guess i've never really felt it as being two separate parts. I think for me, the science and how I approach questions and understanding the world to me is is a part of who I am at my core. So for me, I don't know, I guess I haven't actually seen a a distinction between them. I think also for the you know, humanity as a whole, we all have different things that we enjoy and that puzzle us and that we focus on. And for me, that happens to be that kind of amalgam of those different fields you described towards the applications we've talked about. Um, but I don't see that as really a separate for me. I think it it fuels, it's it's a part of who I am. Like if I come home, I talk with about what I'm doing with with people I care about, people I care about and and what I've experienced has motivated what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, I guess on the first half, I don't really see it as separate. And I think sometimes I also feel that talking to people in different fields, it's actually great to to learn. New questions and ways of approaching things. I think talking to people and getting insights is something that I've continually been reinforcing how much, how important that is to me in terms of getting new understandings. And sometimes people outside of a, a traditional STEM technical field, um, because there's an infinite number of ways we can approach the world and how we're here as humans. And I think that's a remarkable thing of learning from people. Um, but I guess kind of framing a part of what I said in terms of how family and, and the like has has really motivated what I do in many ways. Um, for me, kind of that goal of impacting patients was really an, an evolution over time that actually came from seeing the other side of, of healthcare when the industry fails patients in many ways. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I was actually starting grad school, I had Know always love the science and the questions and the puzzle as I've talked about it. Right of going after how do we find new insights in biology with all this complex data, um, but hadn't quite as acutely felt the the human need for some of the insights that we we needed at the end of the day for patients until early on in grad school, uh, my father was diagnosed with frontal temporal dementia, and. I had no idea what that disease was until that doctor's appointment and very swiftly learned the realities that so many people today still face and their family members still face of when there's no treatments and you're sent home. And that, for me, really focused of what, for me as a, as a person, the impact that I wanted to have on the world was to see a way of changing someone else's future to not have that answer when they go to the doctor to not rely on in many ways that that luck that hopefully the field has something for, for their, their ailment. Um, and so in that ways, I guess, was where it kind of comes full circle of that's now motivated. Why I've carried out the research that I've been studying, um, why I've founded the the company that I'm at today is to aim to solve that. So it really, a lot of ways that personal life experience motivates what I'm doing on the technical side and, and vice versa in many ways so yeah
2: that's amazing
1: like it's for
2: someone who has accomplished so much and and been driven so passionately to get to where you are um there's always such a a deeper motivation and I can I can really uh sense um your authentic need to really make a difference um and that's incredible um as i listen to you and kind of see you there on the screen um i do find your persona just really um aspirational in the sense that um you're clearly really academic and really um trailblazing in the stem arena um but you don't look like a stereotypical stem person and um i say this through sort of a bit of uh sort of like a a cringe a cringe moment because um I would love to see more people like you in STEM, but the reality is that you are in a minority, um, particularly in physics. Um, And so how have you sort of navigated that?
1: I think a lot of it, I mean, I guess two facets. One, I know I owe so much to the people that have come before me. Um, I feel that I've been in a very... Privileged position in many ways to to have the ability to to not feel singled out as a as a girl in what historically was a male dominated area, um, and a lot of that's because women before me stood up and went to school as the sole female in their class and and did something that I can only begin to imagine how must have felt. And I one just perpetually thank that that came before me and that people had the courage to do that um because i am in a spot where i haven't felt singled out very often if at all my parents were very supportive my teachers were very supportive my classmates were very supportive um in some ways whenever you know people ask what it was like as a female engineer i'm like well there's other female engineers we're here we're doing our thing we're achieving our you know goals and it it i feel fortunate that it rarely occurred to me that distinction of being in a male-dominated area, which I think is a testament to those that came before. But, you know, I'm definitely, you know, many people, they don't feel that still. And so that's something that I hope as a leader in the field and as someone who's pushing towards a a, a goal in the area that I can inspire other people to hopefully feel that same ability to to make an impact in the space. Um, I don't know if that quite answered your question. <laughs> Doesn't um, sound like
2: you've had much but, uh,
1: resistance.
2: Sorry, it doesn't sound like you've had much resistance. I I
1: hadn't I hadn't experienced something that was very acute in that way. I mean, I think I I do look at you know ways that I can um sometimes I think overcome some of my own challenges right I know for myself I can often be too humble or I can often be more self-deprecating than I need to be so I consistently think of okay what are ways of framing a question or framing something that's like my other colleagues would that can you know be in a position of strength so I think some of it's my own internal growth to to take that leadership and to ask for what I need and to feel permission to do that um I've debated how much of that is from societal implications sometimes, but I think, you know, for, for new people coming into the space that find mentors who support you, that's something where I was also really appreciative of since, again, since early on in school and thinking of mentors that I had in, um, you know, throughout my education has been incredible. Um, I will admit there are fewer female mentors than male mentors. Um, so that is something that I do think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing change to have more female role models for people such as myself and, and those coming after me to, to look up to um, and to see their life experience and to see themselves reflected in that role model. Um, but I've felt very fortunate and then again, kind of really admiring those that came before me that helped to pave the way to make that difference. But I know that, that my experience is, is not universal still, which is where there's still work to be done to help to, to change that tide and consistently still push for that balance that we need to have in the field. I've talked to many people, especially in theoretical physics, who have had very different experiences than my own. And it's challenging. Um, And it's something where, you know, avenues such as this to share and talk with people about it are phenomenal because it's a way that we can start to learn what experiences are and know there's a support group out there as well. So. You have such a um, calm,
2: collected um, kind of uh, vibe. And, um, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, we don't need to have any problems like you know i think when you have a very confident um a confident kind of uh attitude
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh towards life um you almost just like a, a force field kind of it, negativity just bounces off you know. That's my
1: goal. Sometimes it's, most of the time it's the fact, not always, but yeah, it's the goal. <laughs> you do give off that. Thank you. Kind of energy where you just,
2: I can't imagine someone like you ever um, going into self-doubt or
1: having... Um, this not, means my goals are working because that does happen. <laughs> yeah. It does, yeah. And I, I it it makes me smile that some of this this helps me see that because I do have a lot of personal self-talk internally to to still and sometimes if there is self-doubt to work past that and to be confident and to say, no, there's another side to how I could look at the situation. And let's pick the positive one because I'm the best advocate for myself. <laughs> and and let's make sure that I can can put that positive perspective forward. So I'm, it really humbles me to hear that that's what you're observing because I would say there's a lot for me that growth towards also, you know, bringing that confidence there, um, and from the support of others to also, you know, finding people that are my own champions and that are encouraging is another huge facet to it. I would say.
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely a theme that I have noticed amongst um, confident women is actually the strength to admit that um, sometimes they're not confident. I think that gives you confidence because um, to say, oh, yeah, I have moments where I'm really um, questioning what I'm doing and um, not really too sure of my path and things like that, um, I think is very empowering. Um, And the reason why I am sort of like digging at this topic a little bit is because, um, you know, women are not incapable of doing STEM subjects, of taking physics, of taking maths, but they don't do it because of self-doubt. And sometimes it can be so uh, massive in their head that it actually prevents them from making progress. Whereas you may have had those thoughts, but you have gone past them and not let them hold you back. Um, And, you know... It, just seeing someone actually doing that like as in having that approach uh is really inspiring because you know i there are many times i have
1: self-doubt um well it's a very human men, men. in some ways right men women human i think in general and i think given the fields in in stem fields progression that there's more potential just bias that women may have more self-doubt just given the lack of role models over time Um, but it's a very human facet is what I remind myself of now then, having doubt and we move past it and how how do you think of of overcoming it out of curiosity
2: um I uh have done a lot of self-introspection and um I now see that uh, a lot of my self-doubt comes from outdated narratives, Um, you know, for example, being a woman of color, um, I think I kind of grew up thinking that I was always um, somehow disadvantaged for having darker skin Um, and that may or may not be the case, but it doesn't help me to drag that kind of assumption around, you know, yeah. If I'm in a situation where um, perhaps my color is affecting an opportunity, um, then I put in more effort to make sure that it isn't something that holds me back. Um, and just having that kind of um, realistic perspective that sometimes as someone who is underrepresented, that doesn't have to, I don't have to be in victim mode over that.
1: Yeah. Cause it's not, it's it's not a facet of it. You can make your decisions and move forward. And it is interesting when society has, like you said, outdated narratives that are still a part of, for whichever reason, the the dialogue in some areas, or even just an implicit implication at some point. Um, but yeah, that self internal dialogue to move beyond and to acknowledge, no, this is not relevant this is not something that needs to be internalized and to acknowledge setting it aside which isn't always easy but is is important
2: but you exude that because you know when you talked about you know i've done physics i've done engineering i've done chemistry um you there is no air about you that doesn't feel like you don't have a right to have done those things um and to be running your own business and you know or, and so the the questioning of should she be there should she have done physics should she like it's just off the table because you're just so like uh, confident in the fact that you've done that and you really enjoy it and you can tell that you're passionate about it and so that whole discussion is just a non-discussion
1: that's you know? good that's my goal that is mm-hmm. and i think as women i think we need that to be there right because that can show no look we belong here at the table and and we're, we're, we're very capable and we can bring immense value as a team of men and women and, and you know, people together as people on the planet. And I think that's, I, I somewhat credit my parents to having this people on the planet perspective since I was small. I think that's something that for me also just helped internalize that is we're all humans. We're here on the planet to make change and to work together and to do what we're excited about. And it was never about Skin color or race or gender. It was about doing something for humanity on the planet. Yes. Um, and so I, I give immense credit to my mom and dad for that, as I think that foundation definitely influences my internal narrative. So I, yeah, probably don't acknowledge often enough how much that that's the foundation that's been huge. Um, yeah.
2: And not just a foundation for us as individuals, but I think corporations. Oh,
1: um, yeah. Because I that. think
2: when you stay focused on the greater good,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, the kind of the the larger purpose of something, um, everything else falls into place. Like even when we were talking about collaboration and your friends who are physicists and you're an engineer, it's like mm-hmm. when you have a your eyes set on the bigger goal, Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't actually matter the labels, the finickety details. It's like, let's just all collaborate on this. Right. We want to
1: get something really exciting done, and there's are there hard problems, and so let's let's figure it out. Let's keep our impact unfocused of where we want to go and let's make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Like um, I've had discussions on this podcast about the gender debate, and I've had some women say. I am tired of talking about being female. I'm tired of like talking about the numbers. I just want to be recognized for the work that I'm doing. And I would love to get to a point where we are literally just talking about the work and the progress and the
1: advancement. I, it's funny, I often think of it as I, I exist in these two states sometimes, because one, I fully agree with this, the sentiment that at some point, it's like, the more we talk about it, the more I feel like there's a, div- a divide and a difference, because we have to keep talking about the narrative. But at the same front, on the other end of this of the spectrum, I am aware there are still challenges for many people. And so oftentimes, the ways that we can help to to change that is to talk about it. And so it's, I think it's, it is an interesting spot today because, because yeah. of those, those two areas. And I, I land on we still need to have the dialogue because we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, but we do have to be cognizant of, of how we hold it because it can sometimes, I think, bring us into a narrative and a mindset that maybe you know, creates a divide. So I think it's, it's interesting in its own right. Because I do agree there are times when I'd say, yes, I'm a female, this is something that exists, so let's move on. <laughs> but it's it's still, we're in a world where we haven't accomplished everything yet in terms of how we want to to bring balance to an area that historically was not. Um, and, yeah, it's interesting.
2: Actually, on that note, um, whilst uh, clearly between the two of us, we are very much um, kind of well we're we're in quite a clear space of knowing what it is we want for our own lives and we have a clear sense of our purpose and but kind of being in society what how are you experiencing um being a woman in science uh in the sense that a woman has very multi dimensions you know you can be a mother you can be a career woman you can be a wife you can be like all these different roles Mm -hmm. um how does a career in STEM support all of those roles of a woman?
1: I mean I think as a as a whole it it ends being very different for different people because even in STEM there's different career paths I think as a whole from what I've personally felt and also from colleagues of you know their experience I think it's been very supportive of that I think my favorite example is a grad student that I'd known was you know going out for a job while pregnant and was hired while pregnant which I always just found for the state of the field was phenomenal because it's saying they knew her skill set they knew the value she was going to bring they knew the time of life for that family and that was okay and to me that was a a single anecdote but a sign of this there is change that's happening and and we are getting to a point where we can have big life changes alongside big career changes and feel supported by the company and the place that we're moving to it's not everywhere right i think that's that's part of again the acknowledgement of we still need to you know work to make changes as a society but from that and even from my own own experiences of opportunities that could be there, I think it is supportive in that. Um, I think in some ways there's, again, different fields that support that very differently. Um, And I know depending on the path, I've heard contrasting stories from people who, you know, on a academic route with the pressure to publish who felt that's different. Um, But for me, I've not felt dramatically pressured for for life decisions as a result of my career path. I think, you know, for new people considering options of where what they want to do and how to balance, you know, different facets of their life, career, personal life, the like. Um, I think it's talking to people who walked through that door and see what are the experiences mm-hmm. that they've had and um, at least walk in knowing what those decisions are. I think for me, I think one that Stands out as being a grad student versus going to get a career in industry has a different financial implication, which I knew going in. I was excited about the the kind of learnings and technical skill sets that I would gain in that experience, and and knew with you know open eyes what I was walking into there. So I think a lot of it is just be aware of what is important to each individual, which is distinct and very bespoke in many ways, um, and look to what are the implications of that decision from what others have experienced.
2: Yeah. You know, um, in everything you've said, um, there's a really clear, um, message, which is that it's really important to have a strong sense of what you want out of your life. Um, I just get this really strong, clear message that um knowing who you are your purpose your kind of calling um where you are meant to be applying your skills and your talents and your passions is really what leads to um the smoothest forward path because you know life always throws curveballs but like yeah you know just knowing who you are, I think, is really essential. Well,
1: I think I would I would add to that, though, is say knowing who you are, and if there are questions you, you still have of acknowledging that, and talking to people, because I think they're they're. I mean, I hadn't always known the exact direction I wanted to go next I think all is easy in hindsight right we look back and go oh this all made sense but I think you know there were a lot of questions along the way in grad school or before grad school did I want to go to grad school right and and I think a lot of those questions when there was that gap is acknowledging okay I don't know why don't I know because I don't know what that really means so then finding people to talk to them and to see okay what is going to grad school you know potentially lead to next versus if I went to industry if those were the two options one's balancing um so I guess I would add on if there are questions that that's okay and to then ask those acknowledge them and and talk to people because I think you know, I can look back and say it all was this really smooth path but certainly there were questions along the way and things that I didn't know and I took a leap and I'm happy with them because it's landed me to where I am today but certainly there's often forks in the road that both are good options. And I picked a path and I've been very happy with where that's gone. So So what does the future hold for you? So for me, um, I mean continuing to grow pepper. Um, so we've uh, started operations in 2020. We're a few years old now. Um, and a team of you know just under 10 people. Um, we're looking to continually grow the company and to build our own um, I mean a company as a drug discovery company, so the world's first transomics company with a computational core of what new value we can bring, coupled with our own drug pipeline to really reach that big picture goal of of treating patients at the end of the day. Um, and so for me that that future means you know, staying. You know, building that that company itself and the team and the people surrounding that um, while also enjoying my my time here in boston with friends and and family um, i'm very close with my mom so spending lots of time with her as we you know continue um and yeah
2: gosh i was just in boston i'm like really face to face
1: well if you come um, back let me know I yeah I will absolutely so. um that
2: just sounds like so um I don't know it just it, it's you just seem very um at peace with what you're doing and mm-hmm. uh what you're doing is so important I I guess my final question for you is um, how dependent are you on new technological advances? Because when you're talking about drug discovery and all of the data you must be handling, you know, I'm thinking, gosh, quantum computing would really help, right?
1: Ah, (laughs) I have friends at a quantum computing company and I keep telling them, I want to be on your shortlist for for when you know we can can deploy the technology for, for drug discovery, um, but no, absolutely, new technologies are part of what I love about being in this field. Is it's rapidly evolving, both on the biological side, on the data that we can access, on the model systems that are present, um, and on you know on even on the technology side, like you mentioned, quantum computing and new abilities to eventually use computers in more advanced ways. I think everyone's now talking about, you know, ChatGPT and the like and what's there too, right? There's a lot of new ways of how we process and, and handle information that I'm excited for, for us and others to bring to the field. It's part of why I've loved delving into this is it's never dull, right? There's always something new to, to understand and to learn. And I'm excited for, for what we can do in the future.
2: Well, I'm excited about what you can do for us and what you are doing for us right now. Um, Dr. Strasser, thank you so much for sharing your, your cool with us. I mean, I just feel so um, calm just listening to you and uh, you really have such an inspirational energy because um, you embody someone who is just really applying what they are truly good at to, to do good in the world and uh thank you so much for
1: sharing that with us today thank you thank you for a a great conversation this was a lot of fun so thank you for uh the dialogue very much
0: Thanks for listening and please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews then the more interest from those trusty algorithms which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can watch the video recording of this conversation on YouTube for my new series called Esteemed Women. It's all about self-discovery and self-evolution on innovation so as always be kind and loving to yourselves and I wish you all a great week.